Welcome back to the Purple Haze podcast. This is episode four. Um, I'm Jake here with Josh, of course. Um, we're coming back after a big midweek game against South Florida, a big win in the pouring down rain uh, that brought East Carolina back to four and four on the season. Um, I think we're in a pretty good spot right now. What do you think, Josh? Yeah. I mean, how can you not feel good? Um, yeah. Just a, a, a big win last week. Um, a dominant performance, especially in the second half. You know, you, it's just it's just a, a further example. Of we, we talk about it and, you know, talk about the signs you see um, with, a, you know, it, it, you know, telling the difference between a successful rebuild and culture change and an unsuccessful one. We had an unsuccessful one with Scotty Montgomery. Um, yeah. Just failed to instill, you know, his culture at all is a disaster. But then now you're starting to see, I mean, this one's basically the opposite of that. And I think the game on Thursday was a, a good example of that. Um, me and Jake were both at the game. I uh, didn't get to sit with him. I was late. Jake was in the student section, obviously. Yeah. Um, I showed up with my other brother, Andrew, who also um, lives here in Raleigh. Um, we got in about probably five minutes after the game started. Um, so we just missed, like, the fumble fumble, um, basically. Yeah. Uh, but um, – yeah, so I was I was around the fifty yard line in the in the chair backs, and Jake was up in the student section, um, and that that was a game. They may not all be like that, although I'm not quite old enough yet to where I don't want to be near the student section. I still enjoy uh, getting getting rowdy, but um, it was one of those games where you definitely felt like um, the the student section was the place to be. Jake, you were in there. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah. Um... So Thursday night game, midweek game, pouring down rain um, started, you know, before the game when everyone was at the tailgate and um, the student section was almost fully packed. Um, and, and it was that way for for a lot of the game. Um, the, the energy there was insane. It was raining the whole entire time, but everyone was staying. And that's for a, a midweek game against South Florida. Um, that was yeah. really encur- it was really encouraging to see because um, like, like you said, like you need that you need that atmosphere. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a great place to be. Um, I, I really feel like the players were kind of thriving off that, off uh, having all those students there. And it, I, th- I think that's going to be a continuing trend, um, to see the student section pack like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been saying it, you know, you, you get some of the, uh, I've been, you know, I've, I'll, I'll hang around the alumni, you know, some of the older alumni, some over the past few years and, um, hear them upset about attendance. And I say, well, you know, man. Um, you know, where, when you guys were in school, we were, we were competitive and, you know, and yeah, and going to peach bowls and, you know, and, and, you know, ranked all the time. And, uh, you know, it's different when you, you lose three games every year for as many years as we did. When I was a freshman, um, in Ruffin's second to last year, we had Shane Carden and all those guys, last really great pirate team. Um, even though they probably failed to reach expectations, but still great team. Yeah. And, um, the stadium was packed, packed every game. Um, yeah. So I've just been saying, look, if they start winning, if, if Houston's for real and the culture changes, they start winning, fans are going to come. You don't need to worry about that with Pirate Nation. You never have had to. Um, no stadium is going to be packed um, against on a Thursday night against South Florida when you've lost three games, you know, every yeah. year. But for for the – students to really be able to buy in and see the culture change and, and the difference in this team and, and pack it out. That's huge. Cause you can't have a, you know, 
we were talking about it just now before we started, but you, you can't have a, you know, and I was in the, you know, uh, chair back seats around 50 with all the, you know, older folks and you're yep. not going to have a packed stadium on a Thursday night game when it's pouring, um, you know, and Friday's not a holiday. So uh, yeah. it's really the student sections super important in those games. Houston said it ahead of time. Um, the students showed up. Houston said it afterwards how, how happy he was and um, how much of an impact that plays. And it does. It does, man. That's that's the whole reason that uh, home field advantage is a real thing. It's because of the fans. So it, it was yeah. awesome to see. I was super happy when I came in and saw that. And, and despite the pouring rain and us starting to dominate, you know, and take over the game in the second half, they did stay a good chunk into it. Um, so that yeah. was that was good. Um, yeah, was re- was really pleased with that. Um and, you know, the more and more we win, the more and more that stadium is going to be packed, you know, regardless of the game. Yeah. So it's just a, it's just all signs pointing forward. Um, let's talk about the first half versus the second half. Um, I, I was a little frustrated. I was frustrated watching the first half. Um, it, it was weird, though, because yeah. I, I think our offense um, was play, not playing bad. They just – the turnovers – you know, well, really, it was just a – was it two fumbles or one fumble? Like I said, I missed the first five minutes. Was it just Holton's fumble or was um, there another turnover in there? I think there was two. Yeah, I thought there was two. Um, but either way, just seeming to move the ball all right, um, just stuff not really going our way to finish out those drives. Yeah. I, I thought our defense – did bail us out with some turnovers, but they also were kind of getting I – w- I was starting to worry because you knew coming into that game, we said it all week last week, they're just going to try to run the ball. Yeah. Um, that's the identity of that offense, and that's what they were doing. And it, it looked like it was going to – it looked like they were going to be successful for the first couple of drives there uh, until the defense settled in. Um, what what were you thinking as that first half was going on? Um. Yeah, so when the first half was going on, obviously um, we looked – other than some mistakes, looked like the better team. Um, I wasn't, you know, going and losing 14 to 6 at half. I wasn't worried that we were going to lose the game. Uh, but it was definitely frustrating um, because it's kind of been, you know, a trend of ours this year. Uh, we, we play well. We outgain all our opponents. But but turnovers or, or I mean, it's really been the story of turnovers. But they just screw us up. And, and it happens a lot. And it, uh, part of it's because we're young. Um but if we want to win, if we want to make bowl games, we, we can't we can't play like that. So the first half was a little frustrating, um, and I and I some of it. Ha- I mean, some of the turnovers I'm sure were due to the weather. But uh, you know, UC- USF was playing in the same weather, and they weren't having as many issues with that. So that was frustrating to see um, in the first half. Yeah, yeah, and, and of course we have our our weekly American refs. Um, yeah. Don't really understand at all how you know maybe at, at home you guys had a different angle. I watched the replay when I got back and we watched it on the big screen. It looked like the best angle they had. Don't really understand how Holton's touchdown. Um, I don't really you know if you miss it in the first place, whatever. But when you review it for as long yeah. as I did, I don't understand how you you don't see that as a touchdown. Then obviously the failed um, QB sneak. I don't hate the QB sneak call. I'm actually a QB sneak fan. I like it too. It, it, if the if the defense is completely all in on the QB sneak to the yeah. point where if you had run anything else, you would have scored. It's going to be huff, tough to get the you know QB in there when they've got yeah. four guys bull rush in the center. So 
Um, I'm not really – I don't really hate that play call like a lot of people did. They tried to rush it too. I, I don't hate the play call, just UCF – US, I'm sorry, not UCF. I might have said that a second ago. But yeah. They were ready for it. Um, so good on them for that, but it shouldn't have gone down to that in the first place. Um, I'll touch on this real quick too, and then we'll talk about the second half, what we all want to talk about. Um, uh, one of those reasons you had kind of pointed it out and um, talking about how ECU just, just converting, just, you know, turning those productive drives and those yard totals into points has been a problem. And one of the reasons, another reason that we're starting to see is um, kicking. We're, we're not really able to yeah. rely um, heavily on Daffer yet. Maybe we will be, but I'm just speaking of right now. Yeah. Um, and that's another reason. One, we, we don't really take any – you know, we, we go for it. If it's, if it seems like if it's more than a 35 yard field goal, we're going for it. Yeah. Fourth down. Um, and you know, even when we're in that range, he's had his struggles and missed the extra point. Did the extra point get blocked or did he, he just missed it. Didn't he? I, I think he just missed it. Yeah. I think he just missed the extra point. Um, and then, you know, it was at, at the game where he, when he missed the field goal later on in the game, it was a complete downpour at the time that he, that was, yeah. was raining the hardest to give him the benefit of the doubt there. But, uh, we just don't really have a, we don't really have, we don't have a Jake Verity anymore and, yeah. and, you know, it's hard to replace Jake Verity, but we, you know, and he's Daffer's a freshman, so that's a tough position to play as a freshman, but yeah, that's another reason why you're seeing these yard totals and not really converting as much onto the scoreboard as you would like. Um, is because of that. But anyways, let's talk about the second half. Uh, team went into the locker room at halftime, came out, didn't skip a beat, um, ended up dominating 23-0 um, in the second half to win that game in dominant fashion. Um, really just sucked the life and all the momentum out of USF, who was riding high. Trust me, I was sitting right behind their, uh, their bench, and my goodness, were they were they taunting the fans? And they were that you know, in, in their minds, I don't know why, but in their minds, fourteen to six was all right. We won this game, and yeah, uh, you know, I didn't never lose. I you know, there was never a point in the game where I thought we weren't going to win, um, especially the way this Mike Houston team has fought and played in the second half of games. But I didn't expect us to be that dominant coming back out. So it was awesome to see. What, what were you What were you feeling watching that second half? Um, yeah, the second half was great. We came out, we held them to zero points our defense once again, um, you know, for a little while there, I was saying that we had one of the uh, best defenses in the conference, um, which is still true. But I, I think, um, and you know, there's a lot of teams, but uh, I think, I think if they just rank defenses um, that we would find ourselves somewhere in the top 25 in the whole country. I mean, they mm-hmm. week in and week out, uh, they prove um, that they're legit and they've done it yeah. against good teams and they've done it against everyone really. Um except the first game of the season, they didn't play that great against App. But since then, uh, they've, they've been playing really well. So it was, it was nice to see that. It was nice to see our offense open up a little bit, um, put some points on the board. Um, yeah, it, it, it was great to see uh, the change in play because that's not something you've seen over the past five years uh, from ECU teams. Um, and, and that shows that there's a real culture change there and that this yeah. team is different than the teams in the past. A lot of times we're coming out, at halftime and we're losing uh, to a team that we thought we were going to beat, just roll over, but uh, to a blowout. Yep. Yeah. This team, this team didn't, doesn't do that. They didn't do it. And, uh, yeah. They have a lot of heart and they have a lot of talent. There's a ton yep. of talent on that field. So. Yeah. yeah. Super exciting. Um, definitely. Like you were saying, that was one of the things I put in my notes. I mean, it's definitely just 
a further example of the culture change, the way that this team battles, the way that this team doesn't quit, doesn't get down on themselves. Um, ECU's had a habit in the past of playing down to competition, and it looked like they were it was going to be another one of those games, but that's just another another example of um, the past not mattering to this team, and they're looking forward and growing. So it's super fun to see. Um, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. Awesome game. We can break. Let's break it down some more. Um, by the way, another tidbit I had um, while we were still talking about the while you brought up the defense, um, they held the they held USF, who is a good rushing team, yeah, um, to sixty nine rushing yards in the second half, um, yeah. and with three interceptions. That's just that's what that's that's what this Blake Carroll team does. We may not. Um, be top of the conference in, you know, as far as yard totals per game, but, um, keeping, keeping, um, points off the board and forcing turnovers. Look, we're, we're an extremely aggressive defense. So we're, we're going to give up big plays and the yard totals aren't going to be, you know, always there, but, um, we're right there with SMU at 25 points and some change, um, per game, giving up on defense. And if you look at how we've played these last few weeks, um, you know, compared to earlier in the season, um, you know, we, like you said, we're, we're right there with Cincy, in my opinion, as far as one of the better defenses, one of the, the best defense in the conference. But yeah. anyways, just wanted to give another shout out while I had that written down. 69 yards rushing in the yeah. second half, three that's interceptions. Crazy. I mean, that's how you that's how you shut a team down. Yeah. Um, and it was all through, you know, to finish the game, too. Um, but anyways, let's let's go individually let's let's talk about um first of all let's talk about the man uh let's talk about holton let's talk about his game um he uh he had the he had the turnover um early the fumble yeah i i don't i don't think that was his fault though i'm not gonna lie um that that one i missed you saw that one so yeah that that. yeah um he kind of right immediately uh got the line got pushed straight back into him Mm. um so I, I would I wouldn't blame that one on him. Um, okay, I, and I'm not saying I'm not saying you were. I was just no, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, that that makes sense. We've seen it. Hey, not yeah. first. Time <laughs> yeah, I've we've seen it before. I've seen it happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, I believe you on that one. Um, yeah, but he had a great night. I think it was his most complete game, and it was in a look. I'm not. USF does not have a good defense. They do have a good D line, but they don't have a good defense. But they. It was a rainy night Thursday night extra short preparation and Holton played really well. He had 220 yards passing and he threw for a touchdown. Yeah. Um, really should have had another touchdown rush and got taken yeah. off the board. Um, but he ran for 80 yards and had some really key runs um, to, to convert on, on third downs and, um, you know, in situations to keep drives alive that we would end up scoring on. Uh, spread the ball out fairly well. He's got his guys. You know, he's got his yeah. guys, CJ, Audi, Tyler Sneed. Um, but Jones had two catches. He Tyler Savage actually had a nice catch, even though he had a bad drop. He had a nice catch earlier on in the game. Yeah. He threw a few passes out to Raji and Keaton, threw one to Calhoun. So did spread the ball out, plus um, five receptions for CJ, four for Audi, um, and four for Sneed. Um, spread the ball around, was, was efficient with it. Um, you know, didn't try to do too much, but he didn't turn the ball over, and we didn't yeah. need to do we didn't need to do a lot because the run game was there. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, how do you how do you feel about Holton's performance? I think, um, and we spoke about it a bit earlier, but I think there was one key thing that he did in this game um, that attributed to our success as a whole and his. But what what I'll, I'll bring that up in a second, but I'll let you go. Yeah, um, like you said, I think this was Holton's most his best uh, like complete game. Um, I think if you just look at the stats, uh, Marshall was probably his best game, but that was more of just a ridiculous quarter. Um, but this, he played well the whole time. Uh, he kept his composure. Uh, he, he ran, he ran the ball for 78 yards, which, uh, and he got sacked once. So he probably ran for a little bit over 78 yards. Cause for some reason, college football still counts sacks yeah, against quarterbacks. Uh, so if you take that away, he had over 300 total yards, should have had two touchdowns. Um, but him being able to run the ball really opened up our offense a bit. He was, he seemed more comfortable when he was throwing it. Uh, the defense was a little bit, um, off balance and, and he made some good throws um, because of that having more time he made his touchdown pass to Audi was beautiful um, he, yeah, made some, he made some big passes to CJ um, so yeah I mean there's absolutely no complaints about the way Holden played he did exactly what he needed to do um, and he got the job done yeah yeah good good game for Holden like uh, you you said it but I think Holden's most successful when he's um, when the run threat is there um, for some reason, he's been hesitant to do it. I don't know if it was a coaching thing. Mike Houston seemed, made it seem after this game that it wasn't, that yeah. he said that it was just a Holton thing and, you know, him, you know, just sometimes not making that decision where he needs to. But he, like Houston said, and like we're saying here, Holton really didn't make the wrong decision at all uh, at any point in the game. So um, ran when he needed to run, threw it when he needed to throw it and get rid of the ball and get rid of the ball fast. He just played – look, if Holton's playing like that, this is a tough team to beat when we're not killing ourselves with turnovers. So, yeah, um, yeah. big shout-out to Holton. I know we criticize Holton on this, and, you know, we have our own views for the future of, of the team, but um, yeah. we both do love Holton and root for Holton. Um, yeah. And, and know that he's the leader of this team and that he is uh, – and that he's really talented and capable of being he a really is. successful quarterback. Um we just got to, you know, he's got to put himself in positions to be successful, and we do too. So, I, the run game's a huge, a huge thing for me. We need to have Holton running the ball ten plus times a game because um, it really just helps out the entire offense, helps out the line, helps out the running backs later, um, yeah. opens up the scheme, um, and it, it's going to help uh, loosen up that coverage um, and help him really be able to throw the ball down the field, which he wants to be able to do, but hasn't really had a lot of opportunities to. Um, yeah, and, 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 and we saw that, like you said, it really helps the other running backs. I don't know if you've seen the uh, PFF grades for, for this week, but Raj Raj and Keaton were ranked number three and four on our offense. Um, Holden yeah. was number one, and obviously C.J. Johnson was number – or Hol- C.J. was number one, Holden was number two. So when, when Holden runs the ball, it makes everyone play better. Um, yeah. And, it, it, and it, it's the best possible offense that we can have um, when he's running the ball. Like you said, like – 10, 10 rushing attempts from Holden, 10-plus rushing attempts a game. That's when we're going to be at our best. That's when we have our best chance um, yep. to beat these good teams. So, Yeah, yeah. And uh, even like you said earlier, the you know, this game and then his fourth quarter against Marshall are his two best performances really on the year. Common factor, he was running the football. So, yeah. I mean, and that's what he's done always. That's when he's been at his best always is when he's mixing it up. So, hopefully for the rest of the season – um, that'll be a continued theme with him. Yeah. Um, you know, it really gets the offense going. Uh, O-line. O-line played well. I think they played well. Yeah. Um, they, you know, just the judging by the eye test, 
Um, you know, I think that they played really well. They, they've been playing really well in pass coverage for Holton. Only got yeah. sacked once. He got rushed a couple of times, but um, I think overall they played well. And, uh, you know, run running lanes, you'd like to see the – Running the running lanes were were there. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not do- knocking this O line. I think they played one of their best complete performances on yeah. the season against a good D line, honestly. But, yeah. Um, you know, run lanes still would like to see them be a little bit more dominant. Um, but but hey, you, you, you can't have it all. We knew that this wasn't going to be a strength of the team, and you just want to see growth, and that's what we're getting. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree completely. And um, it's also you know it's tough for our line when when teams know that we're a really run heavy offense mm-hmm. um we you know we ran the ball 51 times um and and it, it's tough especially with the young o-line but i think you, you hit the nail on the head pass protection they played great run protection uh could use some work but it, it wasn't bad and the holes were there um yeah, yeah i agree yeah yeah and um uh, and another part of it we're gonna i didn't bring it up because we're gonna you know talk about that in a second is is scheme yeah Um, but we'll talk about that in a second let's get to the rbs give them a shout out raji and keaton i mean my just my super bias but favorite freaking duo running backs to watch in a long time oh dude i mean and and this was the finally the game where look you didn't have the shot shot keaton did have a 25 yard touchdown yeah Um, but we've been saying we're waiting for raji's game to come because we yeah. know it's gonna. He's been doing the dirty work all year, and, and it came, man. He he had so many clutch rushes, so many um, extra yards that he fought for, so many first downs, hundred yards on the dot, and yeah, touchdown, four and a half yards of carry, and Keaton, eighty yards on sixteen carries. That's good for five a five yard average, four point nine. He had a big touchdown too late. Um, Keaton had a couple of drops early in the game. Um, would have had a touchdown and would have had a, a long first down. Um, had he not both on just little out routes, but you know, it was raining. It was, wet. yeah. Um, give him a pass for that. Uh, great game from those guys. And, um, yeah, you know, and, and the line deserves some credit for that too, even though we thought it could have been better at times it, they, they, they contributed to that. And all you got to do is, is give them a little bit of space and that both of those guys will do damage. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I agree. Um, and then, uh, especially in those conditions, it's hard. Um, it's, it's hard to have a good performance playing in any position, but for them to both run for over four and a half yards per carry in those conditions, um, it was, it was really nice to see them both finally have a really good game. And like you said, to see Raj eclipse that hundred yard mark, um, it was really nice. And like you said, they both had a touchdown really couldn't have gone any better. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. And, and they helped out the line a lot too, because yeah, like, like I said, Raji was getting Raji was getting hit early often. Um, a lot of it is because of the schemes we were drawing up. I think USF really knew what was coming a lot, especially on early downs. But yeah, um, just the the he had no he had no reason running for four and a half um, yards of carry in that game with his you know with the lanes that he was you know that he was being forced to run through. Yeah. Rainy game, defense knows what's coming, good D-line, um, and he still did. So, so you know, they were really the heartbeat of the team. Um, wide receivers, what do you think? I think they played great. I think it was really nice to see – CJ played like a number one wide receiver. That was awesome. He had his best game of the year, um, most receptions of the year, second most yards. He didn't get a touchdown, but 
he played great. Amatosho has pl- finally become the player that we uh, we thought he would be coming into this program. He's been playing amazing. Um, you know, he's made some nice nice catches. And then Sneed didn't get many yards, but he's dependable. I, I think as a whole unit, they played great. And like you said earlier, Holden really moved the ball around. A lot of different guys caught passes. I'd still like to see Calhoun get used a bit more. I think he's super talented. But, um, you know, it's a rainy day. Holden wasn't throwing the ball too too much anyway. Uh, we, we relied on the run a lot. But I think the wide receivers played great. Um, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, CJ's best game. I don't think he had any drops on the day. I think yeah. Tosco might have had one. But considering the rain, that's still fantastic. Um, and some of the – balls that they were at i mean look whole the, the big plays that they had were the 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 from the half yard line the 50 yard bomb to cj i think it was 42 yards um just as much credit to holton as it is to those guys um same with audi's touchdown catch both beautiful balls but man are those clutch times to make those plays i think audi's was the touchdown um i believe he was the first touchdown in the third quarter so really started the the run that we went on yeah um, big time catch over the over the shoulder um db right there on him holton laid it in there he caught it um held on to it through the catch in the rain beautiful cj what a time i mean I, I don't know if that was second or third down but on the half yard line where we almost got pushed into the end zone and had a safety on first down um good on kirkpatrick to draw that play up and good on holton and cj to just trust each other and be in the right place and execute yeah beautiful and yeah sneed look Teams are teams are making conscious effort to take that away from Holden, um, and he's starting to learn how to exploit it when they do take it away. And it doesn't always look good for Snead's stats, but Snead still had four catches and made some big plays um, yeah. when he needed it. Bounced back from the uncharacteristic fumble on that kick return that led to a score. He had a big return for us. Um, so, yeah. 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 I thought it was a great game from them, too, considering that that's a receiver's nightmare. Um, let's talk about Kirkpatrick, guy that's been under fire. Um, I know that that's something that people do when, you know, the offense is inconsistent is they blame the coordinator. So I'm hesitant to do it. I will say though, that I do think that, um, we're going to have to have some big, um, offensive performances for his, for him to be completely safe going into next year. And that might, may be a hot take, but, um, I do think that his scheme has gotten a bit vanilla. It seems like almost every single time on first down, and I know it's in the rain, but almost every single time on first down, um, you know, we're just doing draws up the middle, whether it's a counter or just a draw. Um, yeah. And and another problem is, and this isn't all on him, I think he'll be our coordinator next year. I'm not saying he won't, but this isn't all on him. This is some on Holton's, um, you know, limitations as a passer. Yeah, but man, we we do offensively. We're lucky we have the talent that we do because we are run heavy offense. But when we throw, it is only outside the numbers. We yeah. do not throw it over the middle of the field. We don't do anything across the field. It's it's five yard out routes or bombs down the field. Yeah, um, and and that's tough, man. Those are tough to complete. He, he, Holton's really not getting any opportunities to throw easy balls. And I know that we were working around the line, and you know to sit you know to throw it over the middle of the field you have to be able to have a guy who can sit in the pocket and go through reads and that's Holton's limitation so I understand that Kirkpatrick is also coaching around his limitations it's a little bit of both 
Um, but I, I would like to see Kirkpatrick get a little bit more creative, not even with anything crazy, but just, just a little diverse in the play calling, not so predictable. Um, but also, I, like I said, a lot of it is also on Holton's limitations. He really isn't your guy that's going to drop back in the pocket, stand, go through reads, and then deliver a you know a quick and accurate ball. It's just not his game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I completely agree. Um, like you said, when, when things go wrong, uh, especially on offense, people either blame the head coach, the quarterback, or the offensive coordinator. So I am hesitant to just place the blame on Donnie. Um, I, I agree with you. He, he could potentially be on the hot seat. Um, I think there's a lot that, um, that we don't know as fans, um, what's going on in, in the head coaching or not in the head coaching, but in the coaching for ECU. Um, I don't know what's going on between Mike Houston and Donnie. Uh, they kind of keep that under wraps, which I like. Yeah, um, we we don't know a lot about uh, about that stuff, but um, I'm not sold out on Donnie yet. I wouldn't. I would like to see him, depending on who the quarterback is for us next year. Um, but I think even if he comes back next year, if if Mason Garcia is a starting quarterback, I think Donnie will be on a short leash. Um, so it can be, yeah. it, but but he can he can change that. He just like you said, have to have some big offensive performances uh, to close out this season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just think that um, he's, he's just got to try and mix it up more. Yeah. Uh, and, and mix it up early. Let, had, you know, I know we're a big second half team and that's a beautiful thing. And it's a testament. And, and you know, we haven't been only a second half team, you know, we had the huge um, first half against Tulane yeah, um, you know, but uh, we we've I I just think he's got to try and mix it up more. I I know that Holton's limited, but that doesn't mean that you need to completely take away the middle of the field from. Yeah, him. and you you got to trust um, you got to let trust, it, you got to trust your guys that you have yeah. on the field. You, you know, um, you, you got to keep the defense guessing, especially if you're going to be a, a team that runs wants to run the ball a lot because we can't just have people stacking seven in the box, eight in the box, and and yeah, coming up the gut. But you know, anyway. Just being nitpicky, talking about Kirkpatrick because that's a that was a big, especially coming into this game, that was a big um, topic uh, amongst ECU fans and media. So, um, just our take on it. Nothing extreme. Would like to see him mix it up more. And you know, I think these last four games are going to be a big tell with that. Um, but we don't know anything. Nobody knows with that. Um, yeah. Defensively, the front seven, uh, I think they played well. Um, defensive line, you, you, it's still been, in my opinion, a bit. And I don't have any of the PFF grades or anything, so yeah. I'm testing it. It's been a bit um, hit or miss as far yeah. as getting after the quarterback and stopping the run. Uh, obviously, they played great in the second half. I think a big part of it, they were bailed up by our linebackers a lot, plugging mm-hmm. holes um, and, and pressure in the QB. Um, but – uh, I still think they played well. Defense line didn't play poorly. I would like to see them um, become more dominant and, and dominate those their one-on-ones when they get them, uh, really stuff the lanes. But uh, they're young, um, so you can't expect it. But that's just my take. But I think the linebackers make, made plays all night. Um, really yeah. helped out a lot in the run game to shut that down in the second half, specifically Bivens. Yeah. Yeah, the, the linebackers were flying around the field. Um, they all played well, but Bivens – um, you know, he had 42 snaps. He played really well, um, you know, both against the run or in coverage and against the run. Um, I'd Like you said, I'd like to see our D-line play a bit better, but I think they played pretty well. Um, 
and yeah, it's tough. It's tough to stop teams in the rain, especially run heavy teams. But I think they did a fine job. Um, but yeah, like you said, the linebackers just played amazing. Um, all yeah. of them, really. Yeah. And Jeremy uh, Lewis, I want to I want to give Jeremy Lewis a shout out real quick. Um, okay. Cha- position change um, in the summer, switch from tight end to you know uh, that weird weak side linebacker position that we have, and he's consistently grading out. Uh, towards the top of our defense so he's he's been killing it he's been really fun to watch play yeah and you can never have too many of those guys too many of those guys that are just athletes that can fly around the field uh, yeah play multiple positions and and just make plays um make plays when things break down um those are big and that's a segue into our next um guy that we're giving a a shout out to you and me have been talking about him yeah Uh, and he had a huge game tegan wilk my goodness what a stud. What a stud that kid is and he's going to be. I think that he's going to be the when when Jaquan goes to the to the league, I think that um the next guy on our defense is going to be Wilk is going to be yeah. the, is going to be the guy on defense that's just the name that comes to everybody's head. He had his first pick um but e- even before that was just flying around the field making plays all night, man. I love watching him play. Yeah. He's he's a beast. He's uh he's one of my favorite players to watch. Um, you know, Pennsylvania kid. We know me and Josh both lived in Pennsylvania for a while, so we know how tough those football players are up there. And oh, yeah. I knew, I knew once, uh, once he committed to ECU that he was going to be a stud. He's really coming into his own. Um, he's he's versatile. You know, he can play he can play a lot of different positions in the secondary, and I think uh, he's he's got a good role. We're we're really deep in our secondary, which is good. Um, I'd like to see him play a little bit more, but I understand that. We have a lot of depth there, but I think next year especially he's going to make a huge jump, um, and 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 be a crucial role for our defense and be one of the, one of the more well. I think he already is one of the best players on our defense, but I think he'll be one of the more no, well known uh, players on our defense. Yeah, um, for the fans. So yeah, he's he's super fun to watch. It was nice to see him get his first pick too. Yeah, and how about Fleming? Fleming also oh, shout dude. out got conference defensive player of the week. Had a great game all around, and then the pick six. My goodness, was that that was really the beginning of the end for USF? That yeah. was just, oh, it was just beautiful. My goodness, yeah. that was one of the most beautiful defensive plays I've seen all year. Yeah, um, and it, he, it, it takes a lot of confidence to jump that route too. Um, mm-hmm. And he had yeah, it. that's a big play if you don't get it. And he just had it all the way. We saw him yeah. flying across when that ball yeah. was in the air, and my everybody's hands just went up, and he just took it. And was you know he was gone after that. So great game. He's been better every week. Um, Fleming Fleming's turned into a really nice CB too. Um, yeah, fun game. Let's uh, real quick. We're about we're getting ready to move on to the Temple preview. We touched on it earlier. What are you thinking about the kicker position, man? Because I really do think that it, uh, it it's become somewhat of a, somewhat of an issue for our offense. Yeah, it uh it it definitely has been an issue. Um, I I believe Stafford's a great kicker. Um, you know, I, I used to kick and I kicked with him once in high school. Uh, he's really good, but I, I, you know, the stats don't lie. He's only, he hasn't attempted any 50 yard here. He's over two in the 40 to 49 range. And it's, it's been hurting our offense. We haven't been able to kick those field goals. I think we're against, I think, I can't remember what the situation was against Houston. Um, but we, we're in a position where it would have been a, a somewhat long field goal. I don't know if it was in the 40s or even if it was a 50-yarder. But after the game, one of my friends was talking to me, and uh, they were like, "Why, why don't we? We just gotta, we gotta try to kick that. We gotta give him a chance." Um, but we have given him chances from yeah, 40 to 49 yards, and, and he hasn't, he hasn't made it. 
I know he has the talent. I know he has the leg. Um, I don't. I don't really know exactly what it is, but um, he's got to start making those. Um, and 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 you can't miss extra points. I know. I know it was what, uh, but we, you know, you, you just you can't. You can't miss yeah, those. That's those are. I know it's a point, but those are a those are a big momentum killer. Yeah, too. it is. I mean, um, it just is. Yeah, you, you score a touchdown. You work so hard. You get in the end zone, and then everybody's excited, and then it's immediately just from the crowd, just a big oh yeah, and it just sucks the life out of you. Uh, you can't miss those. Um, not that that's been a huge problem. I think he's missed two this year, which is still not ideal, but um, at least two, anyways. But yeah. yeah, it's becoming it's becoming a bit of an issue. So we'll see how that plays out. I you know I don't see anybody else kicking for us this year, but we'll see how that plays out next year. Yeah, um, rooting for him for sure. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But yeah, he's he's got. I I think I think he will get it figured out. Um, but he definitely doesn't have it figured out just yet. Um, yeah. And when we need it. Um, for sure. All right, let's move on. Let's go to the ECU Temple preview. Um, I'll I'll let you start just with your opening thoughts on it. I'll just start with this. Aside from the one Memphis game, this is not a good team. Yeah. Uh, Temple Temple is bad. Just uh, put it simply, they're not good. Um, they they got to be have, the worst team in the country. They have a bad offense and a bad defense. Um, you know, they average 323 yards per game. They give up 385. Um, but they're they're even worse than that. Um, I don't have. I, I don't know yeah. how they beat Memphis. Uh, and I I don't know. I mean, they're just. This is a game that we shouldn't. Obviously, you can't take anyone lightly. Uh, but this is a game we really shouldn't have to worry about too much as fans. Obviously, yeah. the play. Obviously, the players have to worry about every single game, but as fans, I don't think we should be stressing too much about this game. Yeah, they. Um, the, yeah, this should be a blowout. Three o'clock on Saturday, if the weather's nice, should be a, a big crowd following that victory last week, where a lot of people weren't able to go. They're going to be wanting to be able to go. Seems like it's going to be a win. Um, good time, perfect. My favorite game time, three to four o'clock. Yeah, on Saturday, it's, it's awesome. Get enough tailgating in, go in, and it's still not super late when you get out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I look this. They they give up thirty six points a game. Yeah. Um, they they give up, which is good for us. If if the matchup didn't need to get any better, they're the worst um, rushing defending team in the conference. Two hundred twenty yards a game. They've been extraordinarily bad since that I don't know what happened but since that since that Memphis win um you thought maybe they catch some momentum they have not they've been no, blown yeah. out three times in a row blown out by USF and blown out last week by UCF who still does not have Dylan Gabriel yeah um keen through five touchdowns I know their secondary <laughs> yeah. hasn't given up they've actually not given up a lot of yards this year passing but I think that's also just because of the way that their games have gone um yeah, they got three wins. One's against Akron, one's against Wagner. I mean, really, that's nothing. And then the Memphis anomaly. But outside of that, they've just not been a competitive team. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree completely. Yeah, it, it, it should be it should be a walk in the park. And I expect it to be. And they hopefully, hey, maybe we'll get to finally see Mason play some extended snaps. That's what I always look for. Yeah. Um, they got a Georgia, that Georgia transfer. Uh what what is his name? I know it's Dwan. What's his last name? I'm blanking on it right now. Um, Mathis. Yes. Yeah. Uh, has not been good. Had the game against Memphis, but has just not been good. Hadn't put it all together yet. Um, they really don't have an identity offensively. Um, 
statistically on the year. They don't really have a, a main rusher. Um, they don't have any running backs that have gone over 250 yards. It just um, just the just the team that we should really be able to come in and dominate. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think a I think a key a big key for us is to get pressure on Mathis. That's something he's really struggled with. Um, and I think that's that should be something that w- we should be able to do, especially with Blake Carroll. I'm sure he's chomping at the bit to get guys going, have some defensive guys, have some big plays. Yeah, no, I th- I, I agree. I think this is going to be a big game uh, for, for every position group. And I don't want to take Temple too lightly because they're still an American conference opponent. This is a strong conference. But the way we've been playing this year, um, you know, we're four and four, but we're really better than that. I mean, Temple's three and five, and I, I don't think they're – I think they're worse than that. So, um, that's that's the nicest way I can really put it. I don't, I'm not – I don't think we should struggle too much in this game. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, you, gotta, you gotta, I don't, I don't you think got, we will either. You got, a, you got a score prediction for this one? Uh, that – you know, I haven't even put a lot of thought into the score prediction on this one. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll say – I, get, let, let me hear yours. Let me hear your score prediction, and I might um, a little bit. I've been thinking about it a little bit. I think I really think our offense is going to show up and play. Yeah. Um, I my score prediction is forty-five to twenty, and them scoring a touchdown on our third-string defense late. So more like forty-five to thirteen type game. Um, that's a that's a big big blowout win, but I, I think we're capable of it. So that's what I got. Yeah. And by um, the way, the the, uh, the the spread is uh, we're fifteen point favorite, and uh, ESPN's Football Power Index has us uh, gives us an eighty nine point seven percent chance to win the game. Yeah, I like that spread. I, I just can't see it not being a blowout unless maybe hey, maybe Temple shows up. Look, they have had the one game this year. I don't think Memphis is especially great. I think they're solid. Yeah, um, but look, they beat Memphis. Um, just coming into Dowdy, though, I think it's going to be a good crowd. Yeah. Um, a, a good um, time for the game. There's going to be a lot of people. It's going to be loud. And we're, ECU's riding high and, um, you know, has a, had a couple extra days to prep, too. I, yeah, I think it's going to be a blowout. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 40, 41, 41 to 13 is what I'm going to do. Nice. That's good. And by the way, um, as of right now, uh, I believe I'm uh, oh, three. I'm three and one on my picks, and I, oh. I Josh is two and two. Is that is that right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm beating you so far, um, but we'll yeah. keep, we'll keep y'all updated. Well, I think I think me and Josh will both get another win. Um, I don't want to jinx it too much, but I th- I think me and Josh will both get okay, one. You know what? Jinx, this jinx week. it, jinx it. I don't. You know what? Joe Namath style. I'm not going out on a limb like Joe Namath did. I'm, I'm guaranteeing a victory and guaranteeing a blowout for ECU this weekend. There we uh, go. That's if, that's if, the that's if, the quote. That's the quote. Yeah. That's the quote that's going up on the Instagram. I haven't <laughs> I haven't I haven't post I haven't been posting like I should have. We're been. gonna be better. Uh, but I'm I'm locked in now. I'm I'm gonna be posting more on the Instagram and we're gonna start a Twitter uh, where we tweet a lot about it. But that's that's the quote right there. That's going up there. <laughs> Man, I really hope that they, <laughs> I really hope that something crazy. Is. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a win, it's guaranteed. You have my seal. Sorry, I just cut off there uh, for a second. Um, if it, if it pieced together weird, 
our apologies. But I was what I was saying to Josh was that UTSA, um, I'm sure he's heard it, uh, but oh, yeah. they just they just signed Jeff Trailer, their great head coach, to a 10-year, $28 million contract extension. So huge. Uh, that further proves that Oresco knows what he's doing. Um, you know, he signed it. He signed. He, he picked up teams that that want to be better, and I think teams that will be better um, in the American Conference. So obviously, you can't really replace Central Florida and Cincinnati um, and Houston right away. Uh, but but he picked up the teams that you know have the potential to replace them in the future. And so look. Yeah. Yeah, none of those three teams either were what they are before the Americans. So let's not forget yeah, that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know they've already forgotten that, or since he at least has. <laughs> yeah. But let's not forget that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think we're in a good spot. I think we're still going to be the strongest. We're, we're, we've moved down. I'm a big proponent of the Power Six. We've moved down to Group of Five. We're losing those teams. Yeah. Uh, but, but we're at the top of the Group of Five. Um, I still believe it. I think we're a stronger conference than the Mountain oh, yeah. West. It's still um, not so, close. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it, it is what it is, but I, I think that ultimately the people that were panicking can, can relax a little bit. We're still going to have really good football and, um, you know, the Americans still in good hands, like you said. So, well, that wraps it up for episode four of the purple haze podcast. Uh, I'm recording this outro without Josh, because for some reason our outro got deleted from the last recording, but regardless we're both super excited for this matchup versus Temple this weekend. Should be a should be a big game for ECU to showcase their skills. So we hope you all are excited too. Um, we wanted to thank you guys for listening, and as always, roll pirates.